Alright, welcome to Strong Words with Ian Strong. I'm your host, Ian Strong, and we're just jumping right into today's episode because for the first time in almost a year, my best friend in the whole world, Captain Awesome Mr. Dan Freet. What up? Damn it. I'll fix that in post. (laughs) No, you won't. I have to. It's going to blow everybody's ears out. But uh, we're going to watch a movie. The success of the Watch Along with Awesomely Strong, the... Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny ended up being one of the top 10 episodes of 2020, so since we still can't go back to a GD theater, why don't we watch a GD movie in my GD living room? Word. (laughs) He ain't the best color guy in sports for nothing, folks. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Let's Uh, do it, man. Let's do it. So we actually weren't sure what movie we wanted to do for our next watch-along. We had a couple of ideas out there, and today... We decided upon the 2001 classic. Classic. Saving Silverman. (laughs) Why did we choose this? I I wanted to do this movie with you because we reference this movie all the time, but we've never watched it together. That's probably true. It is true. That is true. Yeah. You didn't just make that up. No. We've never watched this movie together. No. And we do reference it quite a bit. And and I I love this movie. I, I think it's pretty much like trashed by all kinds of critics. I don't even know what its Rotten Tomato score is, but I doubt it's over fifty to sixty. Doesn't even matter. But I mean, this is this is two thousand one. This was the year I was graduating high school. I didn't see this movie in the theater, but I remember watching it on HBO and DVD. I immediately picked it up on DVD once I watched it on HBO, starring Jason Biggs, who's just coming out of his American Pie fame. You got Steve Zahn, who was amazing in That Thing You Do, and also awesome in Sahara. Jack Black, can't say enough about Jack Black. Amanda Peet, who was kind of on top of the world at the time because she just did the whole nine yards with Bruce Willis and Chandler. Yeah, Chandler, bang. And uh, you also had uh, Amanda Detmer, Arlie Ermey. Love Arlie Ermey. From Full Metal Jacket fame. And, and Mail Call off the History Channel. And so many movies since then. He, he's not with us anymore. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard when he passed away. And focal point of this entire movie, Neil Diamond. What a great artist. And great cast. Sure. So we're going to watch this movie. We invite you to watch it along with us because we're going to provide the commentary track just like we did to The Pick of Destiny. Join us. Won't you? Come along. Watch along. With Awesomely Strong. <laughs> so right now, I have the menu screen up on my screen, and if you want to watch along with us, just hit play in three, two, one. Right meow. All right, here we go. We're, we're watching another movie. I don't, I don't know how well this is going to go, just like the last one did, because we only... You know, with this, you know, as well as those of you who listen to my show regularly, and I hope you do... That I do a lot of editing of my show. Buddy, this is like push-ups. All you need is one take. Just <laughs> Now I have to edit that out. What? Push-up? Yeah, you can't say... Say push-up. Well, maybe, maybe if nobody knows the context of what a push-up is, you know, where you lay down flat on the ground, and then you let your boner lift you up off the ground. So we're opening the movie here with a performance by... Mr. Neil Diamond himself. Are you a Neil Diamond fan? I actually do like Neil Diamond. Like not a ton of his songs, but there's uh, quite a few that I I do actually really like. He's fun. 
I mean, there, there's a lot of songs of his that I like. And I would say that I'm a Neil Diamond fan, but like, I don't have a single song of his on my iPod. No forever in blue jeans, babe. I'm is that is that your your favorite Neil Diamond song? No, I'm a no, I'm a big not. fan of "Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon" from the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, there, there's actually I, I wrote it down at some point in this movie, either via playing the song live or referenced in the dialogue of this movie. They mention one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different Neil Diamond songs in this movie. Hello Again, which they sing many times in this movie. America, we're coming to America. Love on the Rocks, Sweet Caroline, Holly Holy, Heart Light, and Cherry Cherry. And now we're already being introduced to a young, hopeless romantic Jason Biggs character. This almost has like the feel of like uh, like a Billy Madison to it. And the reason, like I, I said that not intentionally meaning to segue into this, but this movie is directed by Dennis Dugan, who is like a Happy Madison staple. The guys directed Happy Gilmore, Beverly Hills Ninja, Big Daddy, Benchwarmers, I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, You Don't Mess With the Zohan, Grown Ups 1 and 2, Just Go With It, Jack and Jill. Basically like, Every movie that Adam Sandler has done since 1996 that wasn't like that didn't feature A-list casts. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and he's actually in this movie. I'll, I'll point it out when he makes his cameo in this movie. You may remember him, Dennis Dugan, in <laughs> his hair is amazing. The the, the, the wigs and the costuming in this movie is great. So so Dennis Dugan, you may remember if if you're familiar with Happy Gilmore. He was the guy that was like the general manager or like the owner of the PGA Tour that was always giving Virginia Vennett a bunch of crap about making sure that Happy toned down his behavior. That's the guy who directed this movie. And now we get to see Arlie Ermey for the first time on screen. (laughs) If you get any urges you can't suppress with hard liquor, use your hand. <laughs> it's amazing. He he's he's you know, he's so serious in so many other parts that he's played and I mean, like he still kind of plays the same part, but he's so funny in this. I it's it's amazing how well his persona com- like works in comedy. Cuz really I, well. I mean, as much as I love him in Full Metal Jacket and and a lot of the other serious roles that he's played because he's always playing a militant or somebody in the military, military man, in, yeah. in, in most of his, which makes sense. Well, he's I mean, the gunny. He, he was a gunnery sergeant. Right. That it makes sense that he would play roles like that. But like his charisma, his presence really lends itself to comedy. And it's his comedy roles like this movie, like his last movie he ever made, The Watch, that I love the most. I actually think what drew drew me to this movie more than anything is obviously Jack Black, but Steve mm-hmm. Zahn too. Like I just I've always loved his movies. I am a huge fan of Steve Zahn. Truth be told, I don't know if it's ever going to amount to anything, but I've actually reached out to him to see if I can get him on the show. That would be another butt cheeks. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, but I mean, I I love me some Steve Zahn. I I think I've I think the first movie I ever saw him in was that thing you did. <laughs> Cowboy Wayne. <laughs> Foiled again, <laughs> says the 
I, I think the first movie I ever saw, saw Steve's on in was That Thing You Do, and I think that he is the scene stealer. I mean, he's, he's the comic relief, but he's a scene, scene, scene stealer of the movie. And, I mean, we reference that movie, too, all the time to each other. Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, that was a great movie, too. I, I love that movie. I still watch the it O-Neaters. maybe a couple times a year. Yeah, I, I almost like- bought you an O'Neater's t-shirt <laughs> for Christmas, but instead I went with PPA all day. Oh, PPA all day. <laughs> great choice. <laughs> Like this, this movie is so slapstick, and like it, it's so indicative of what two thousand and one comedies were like. Like nowadays in twenty twenty, I don't know if the, I mean this movie didn't really achieve all that much success. It barely made its money back at the boast at the box office. It didn't domestically. The movie was made for twenty two million dollars, and it grossed twenty six million worldwide. 19.4 of that being domestically. So, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's kind of a box office failure. Oh, well, to be fair, buddy, we never claim to like good movies. We do love good movies. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, some. Th- this ain't one of them, but I this still is- love this <laughs> Oh, yeah. The faces he makes playing the, the, the organ. The, the wigs in this are great. I, I also appreciate the fact, no, like knowing this going into watching the movie how good of a guitar player that both Steve Zahn and Jack Black are. Because they are legitimately playing their instruments in this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, we know we know about Jack. We all know about Jack. Well, and Jack. Steve Zahn learned to play guitar for his role in That Thing You Do. I did not know that. Yeah, apparently all of the Oneaters went to uh, some type of like musical instrument class. So, like, uh, uh, what's the guy that played Guy Patterson? What's his? Tom Everett Scott. Tom yeah. Everett Scott learned to play the drums for that movie. Steve Zahn learned to play the guitar for that movie. And I love that like he's still able to use that skill for the remainder of his uh, career. I mean, he doesn't have much of a career anymore. I mean, he still pops up in things every now and then. He, now and then he did a lot of voice acting. But, I mean, I would put this up there. Maybe my second favorite movie featuring Steve Zahn. Sahara being third. Yeah, I mean, pretty close. First. Well, terrible movie, but one of the finest parts in a movie was from Strange Wilderness. Oh, yeah. I've almost forgot about Strange Wilderness. Look at that thing's teeth. (laughs) I love this part. When Jack is is describing what a mime is like having sex. Oh, I'm a mime. I'm a mime. Mimes don't talk. Well, they do when they're off duty. (laughs) There's not a whole lot of movies that Jack Black was in prior to this in which he had a prominent role. Because this predates School of Rock. It predates, I, I want to say, maybe The Cable Guy and High Fidelity are his two big roles before this. Yeah, I mean, he had been in little, like, little tiny things. Yeah. The dog face boy. <laughs> he kind of looks like if Robert De Niro was a dog face boy. <laughs> but... I mean, I there's there's so much to love about this movie, even though, like I said, it, it probably wouldn't be very popular if it was released today, especially with like the standard of R-rated movies, which I should point out, we're not watching the R-rated version of this movie. We were going to watch the DVD version, but I thought it would be best to do the theatrical version. We get our first look at Amanda Peet here. Still smoke show to this day. Oh, yeah. You ever you watch her in the most uh, the last season of Brockmire? 
still smoking in her age. Yeah. I, I was always a big fan of Amanda Peet. Me too. Espe- Me too. Especially when she went full frontal in the whole nine yards. It was the whole nine yards. We saw the whole nine yards. She didn't do it in the whole ten yards, though. She didn't need to at that point. She had money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because at this point, everybody who's in this movie, like, we know them by name now, but they weren't, like, I mean, I don't even want to say any of these people, maybe with the exception of Jack Black, have star power to this day. Neil Diamond. Uh, okay, Neil, Neil Diamond aside. You know who we're about to get our cameo from after uh, Jason Biggs goes to try to hit on Amanda Pete? Remember, you remember who tries to interrupt? I actually don't because it's been a while since we watched. It. Oh, since I watched this, but I, I don't. I don't want to spoil it. But it's huge. You can see him in the background. Did you see him? I didn't. All right, just wait for I'm it. I'm very bad at this game. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, it's all one take. I'm throwing this at you quick, real quick. But I'm a, I'm a big Amanda Pete fan. Oh, there he is. You saw him? Oh yeah. <laughs> Fluting hand. <laughs> That's amazing. But uh, the the guys who wrote this movie, uh, Hank Nelkin and Greg DePaul... Oh, wait. I don't want to get into that before we start talking about... Here's KG, Mr. Kyle Gass, one half of Tenacious D, as a magician trying to hit on Amanda Peet. <laughs> I never noticed his necklace before. You see his necklace? It's like a golden royal flush. It is a golden royal flush. <laughs> I always love this part too. When he says goodbye, <laughs> just calls her Satan. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Darren. Satan. <laughs> but yeah, like none as I was saying before, like none of these people were were big like movie draws back then, which probably explains why it didn't do that well in the box office. I mean, I'm not sure what else was out during the second week of February 2001, but I mean, Jason Biggs, like I said, just coming off American Pie, Amanda Peet just coming off the whole nine yards. Jack Black didn't really have a whole lot of movie cred to that point. Maybe High Fidelity. Yeah, probably High Fidelity. Steve Zahn, you know, probably wouldn't know who he was by name. He was just the funny guy in that thing you do. But uh, as I was mentioning, we're, we're watching the PG-13 or the, the theatrical release of this movie. There's actually two different versions out there. And I didn't realize that the second, the, the, the theatrical release is not available on my DVD copy. It's only the R-rated version, which they didn't show in theaters. And the only difference between that version and this version, it's, it's like watching an unrated version of a movie in which some of the cut scenes aren't actually cut. They don't overdub the sound when they're talking about, you know, F-words and, and stuff like that so that they can get it down to the PG-13 rating. And during the montage here later on in the movie in which they're trying to uh, uh, hornswoggle Amanda Peet's character into thinking that Jason Biggs is cheating on him, the, the, the ladies actually expose their breasticles. What's it going to be? Tits or destiny? Tits. <laughs> 
I know that Jack Black is a very big influence as to why we decided to choose to do this movie in particular, because we had some other movies in mind, and I don't want to spoil them in case we do decide to do them down the road. Definitely non-Jack Black movies, though. Yeah, definitely non-Jack Black movies. But as far as like Jack Black movies go, pre-School of Rock, this might be one of my favorites as well. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's pretty good. I mean, the chemistry, the on-screen chemistry between Steve Zahn and Jack Black in this movie is undeniable. Yeah, they're great together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why it's, it's such an easy watch. That's right. I think that's why I like it. Easy watch. That's a good. That's a good way to put this because it's only ninety minutes long. It's not. It's not very drawn out. The story is, you know, not that overly complicated. <laughs> Handing him the jerk materials. Ba- basically, it's just two buddies who. Uh, two two buddies are trying to save their friend from a relationship that they feel is, I, I don't know, dangerous. Why would or, you wear that shirt to go meet the friends? I'm just asking. I'm not complaining. No, I'm not either. <laughs> I never noticed all the cigarette holes in his shirt <laughs> until... And he is like the friend that everybody has. Jack Black? Yeah, in this yeah. movie, yeah. Yeah, it, it, like especially like your your buddy from high school that maybe you're not as close with as as much as an adult, but you still are friends with him. He he may not be the most couth. He 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 talks <laughs> through a beer bong that he just drank out of. Phil. <laughs> Scotch on the rocks. Cool, you want ice with that? Let me help. <laughs> Paul O'Neill, which I assume is a as a Paul O'Neill Yankees baseball player reference. Yes, he was big in two thousand one. <laughs> Got that on eBay. <laughs> it looks like a Xerox. No, it can't be. I spent a lot of money on it. <laughs> I'm guilty of that before. Have you ever done that? Bought something autographed on eBay that you thought was legit, but was probably Xeroxed. No, I never bought an autograph. Honestly. I think I did that with Professor Paul uh, from uh, the, our Ranking Roundtable yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that I bought him like a, a script of a Quentin Tarantino film autographed by the cast, and it was probably Photoshopped or, or Xeroxed or something. Nice, nice thought, though. I've... Yeah. Back then, it was, I mean, it was a lot more, a lot easier to be duped. Not so many certificates of authenticity as now, truth be told, as we're seeing Jack Black tell Neil Diamond how much he loves him before getting <laughs> the crap kicked out of him, <laughs> Jack Black is a monster Neil Diamond fan. Oh, yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. And, and this movie was basically written with Jack Black in mind to be in it. <laughs> this whole scene, like, I've seen this scene so many times, with the exception of the lug nut line and the nacho line. I can't stop staring at Amanda Pete's cleavage. Yeah, the shirt. I mean, like that's what I was saying. Like, I'm not sure. That's a good. That's a good rule, though. That Jack Black just pointed out that I don't want to just graze over. If you get the nachos stuck together, that's that's one nacho. It's absolutely one nacho. And you give it the old sweeperoo. <laughs> but as I, as I was saying before we started recording, this is one of the differences between the R-rated version of the movie and the PG-13 version of the movie. Because as he's trying to adjust the reclining position, you can hear him say, obviously his lips said in pieces. 
<laughs> Here comes our favorite line of the whole movie. <laughs> Sorry, I figured out. It's the lug nut. Fixed, Fixed it. it. I would say at least once a month we make that reference to each other. All the time. At least once a month. <laughs> Anytime anything is not working properly and we it's get it to work. Nut. It was the lug nut. Fixed it. Exactly. I love this conversation, too, in which Steve Zahn tries to say that being a pest control specialist is a related field to psychiatry. <laughs> because they both help people. <laughs> You help them with their intellectual and emotional needs, and I protect them from coons, squirrels, rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how old that football game was that they were watching, because they were really old-looking uniforms. Not to mention, it, it definitely dates it, because the beer that was sitting on there were Red Dogs. Red Dog beer. This this part of the movie always confuses me because this is when she lays down the gauntlet, throws the ultimate ultimatum down that you're not allowed to see your friends anymore again or we can no longer have sex. But literally the previous scene was her saying that she doesn't believe in premarital sex and then made him jerk himself off. That's fair. Now she does say she does talk about taking away masturbation privileges, but like in the R-rated version of the movie it actually explains it a whole lot better because when she says no more sex, she says you're not allowed to go down on me anymore. But they cut that out of the PG-13 version. I see. I yeah. see. Yeah, because, I mean, I own the R-rated version, so, like, watching <laughs> this is slightly different. <laughs> you Dar- looked away to be moving me. Darren's replacement in the band. <laughs> this blows, man. <laughs> I forgot how much I love that guy. You got to wait to be moving me, baby. Oh, you're going to do it tonight. <laughs> oh, chatty old baby. Ew. Butt cheek implants. Is it just me or does Jason Biggs show his bare ass in every movie he's in? I mean, it's his best asset. <laughs> um, she torches Neil. I mean, I was thinking about that the other day because I was watching American Reunion. Okay. He shows his bare ass in that movie. I'm pretty sure he showed his bare ass in every American Pie movie. He he does when he's banging the pie in the first one. Does he show his ass in uh, Orange is the New Black? Maybe not. I think that might be the, something Yeah, but that would, that would, that's more of a, like, a dramedy. Sure, no, but I'm just curious because, I, I mean, I haven't seen everything with him in, but... I couldn't remember. Well, and and like obviously he doesn't do it on whatever CBS sitcom he's on right now. Of course, and he and he didn't do it on uh, Boys and Girls, which I think came out came out right around the time of this movie. Because yeah, God goes out like just uh, Winnie the Pooh style, like shirking sure, out to get the mail. <laughs> but like in all four American Pie movies that he's in, he shows his ass when he's banging oh, yeah. the pie in the first one. When he has the trumpet in his ass in the second one, and also when he glues himself to himself. Oh, here, here's a, here's another difference between the R-rated version and the PG-13 version. The W-O is whacking off, but they call it wanking off. Gotcha. I don't know why that makes a difference. Two. Do you hear the dub in there <laughs> where they changed it from whacking to wanking? It, it was It's almost like a really terrible sound edit. That's weird. Obviously, I know a lot about this movie and the difference between the two versions because of how many times I've seen both versions. 
But uh, going back to Jason Biggs showing his ass, in American Wedding, he does it when he's shaving his balls. Right. And in American Reunion, he does it when he's having sex with Michelle at the reunion. All four American Pie movies, he shows his ass. Maybe it was written in his contract. <laughs> you, you're going to be showing your ass till you're 40 in these movies. And he was probably like, fine, what else am I going to do? This scene always reminded me of the drive through scene on the Tenacious D album in which they're trying to pinch their money together to get whatever they can. Yeah. Two and a half minutes <laughs> of her time is worth approximately six or seven dollars. I love Steve Zahn's hair in this movie. Like, it's obvious his character cuts his own hair. (laughs) (laughs) You are correct. And there's Dad dropping me on my head. Why why does that almost make him cry? Ah, interesting twist. In The Pick of Destiny, JB offers up KG to the devil, but in this movie, Steve Zahn offers up JB to Amanda Pete, which is actually quite damning because once we find out later on this movie, spoiler alert, Jack Black's character is gay. Yes, he certainly is. What, what, I mean, I, I know we're not talking about a guy who's in the scene right now, but <laughs> if you, if you ever do to my microphones what she did or what he just did to her lamp or whatever, I'd be really pissed. But I'm sure, it would break this stuff. So, this is the scene when they pick up the prostitutes to do some old school photoshopping. In in the DVD slash rated R version of this movie, we get to see the the breasticles. That's right. While yes. while they're while they're playing ping pong. <laughs> see, right now they're wearing bras, but in the uh, in the other version, they are braless. Oh, man. I wonder how much of that $22 million budget went into the soundtrack to this movie. Because, I mean, they like I said, they, they licensed seven different Neil Diamond songs. There's a Backstreet Boys song in this movie, which in 2001 was probably pretty costly. Do you think because it was so Neil Diamond prevalent, like to him being so prevalent in the storyline, that um, his music being part of this film... And him having a role in it. I mean, they probably did it with some sort of deal as far as maybe, maybe like buy in bulk. Right. You listen, we want you to be in this movie. You're the you're a central focal point of the movie. I mean, who knows? Well, we obviously don't, but Well, I mean, to me, it feels like this movie was made by Neil Diamond fans and they just happened to get a studio behind it in order to pay Neil to be in the movie. Cause essentially this movie 
with, with the romantic comedy backdrop is just a big tribute to Neil Diamond. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely is. Did I ever ask you uh, if you have a favorite Neil Diamond song? Oh, we started talking about it earlier, but I never did say. Um, I think mine's Solitary Man. That's a good tune. It's a really good song. I was not expecting you to say that. Yeah, it's probably my favorite. And, of course, it's like one of the more like serious type songs. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, yeah, it's a great tune. I, I love the guitar playing in Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. I think oh, that's, it's such I think an that's excellent what, song. I think that's just really sell, what really sells it to me. It's got that kind of Mexican vibe to it. Yeah, real, and I mean, just because it's of how it's association with the Tarantino flick. Oh too, yeah, like, I mean, I can't listen to that song without picturing Uma Thurman dancing to it, and then John Travolta saying, "You gonna have one drink? You're gonna go home, jerk off, and that's all you're gonna do." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it puts you right back there. Oh my god. I was watching that episode of South Park the other day where they were making fun of uh, John Travolta. Tom Cruise locks himself in the closet because they think Stan is the next coming of whoever started Scientology. And he's like, Tom, you got to come out of the closet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love this story where Jack Black talks about what he did at, at prom. He went he went to prom with a painted tuxedo on his naked body and he spilled some punch and everyone could see his dong. <laughs> I wonder whatever happened to Amanda Detmer. She was huge in this period of time. I mean like basically like any any movie starring somebody in, in that was like 18 to 25, it was like Kirsten Dunst and Amanda Detmer. Yeah, and then she gone. She just gone. Yeah. I probably should have done a little bit more research on on her as an actress going forward. What's research? But as I was uh, as I was talking about earlier, the writers of this movie, there's two people who wrote this movie, Greg DePaul and Hank Nelkin. Neither of those two guys really have much of a, I, I don't want to say like credential, but... This may be the most high-profile movie that either of them have ever worked on. I mean, I think one of them did Bride Wars, but I don't know if that's more high-profile than Saving Silverman. I mean, this movie still gets shown on HBO and Stars multiple times a year. I don't remember the last time I ever saw Bride Wars, if I've ever even seen that movie. Apparently, Amanda Detmer's in Empire. Empire, like the, the, TV the show, show. On, F- or on Fox? Apparently. Oh, okay. And there's a great mugshot on my phone of... Uh, uh, Here's she, another great cleavage shot for Amanda Peet. For and, sure. and no no disrespect to Amanda Peet, but she really doesn't have a whole lot going on in the breast department. DUI picture. Oh, wow. That is amazing. It, it is obvious that makeup does her a lot of favors. It's true. But yeah, no, no disrespect to Amanda Peet, but she wears a lot of low-cut stuff in here. And I mean... They may be B cups. Maybe. I mean, she wears everything that I mean for her body type. I don't want to. I don't want to make this like an objectification of Amanda Peet because I think that her talent outweighs her beauty. Oh yeah, she's a good actress. I I enjoy her. I, I enjoy her a lot. I mean, with, with the exception of Hank Azaria, she was my favorite part of Brockmire. Yeah, Hank has to be your favorite part of Brockmire. Yeah. 
Did you ever watch? Did you watch that show all the way through to the end? Absolutely. I really did not like or enjoy the very last season. I didn't love it. I did like Lamon though. Yeah. I mean, there was parts that there, were there, funny, there, but there it was were, just too far out there. Yeah. It, it became obvious to me that when that show got renewed on a three-season deal after the success of their first season, <laughs> that they ran out of ideas and were just basically scraping the bottom of the barrel for the sake of fulfilling their contract. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I didn't hate the last season, but I didn't think it was great either. This this upcoming exchange that we're about to have between Wayne and JD in Cowboy Wayne's car. Come on, yeah! I love this conversation so much. <laughs> we, we do that we, all the we time. Say, we say that a lot. All the Come time. On, yeah! Come on, yeah! She's the emperor, yeah, but with really great tits. <laughs> but what about Sandy? She's a saint. She's like Mother Teresa, yeah, but with really great tits. <laughs> <laughs> you know that the uh, the the coming a yeah that they say in this show or in this movie is inspired by a Neil Diamond live performance. Like apparently he says that a lot during his live performances, and when that was brought up to Neil, he did not believe that. Cause, really? Cause That's really funny. Yeah, apparently during a screening of the movie in which he was watching it, he asked, why are you guys saying come on a yeah so much? And they were like, because you say it during your live performances. And he actually had to be shown a video of him saying it in a live performance to go like, oh, shit, I really do say that. That's funny that he didn't even realize <laughs> he was saying it. Come on a yeah Uh, I love this too when Jack Black does the sound every time like with his mouth before he does it with the radio and then they have to he explains to him that you don't have to do it because it makes the sound for him (laughs) that was the last one I love this whole sequence too this is what I'm talking about when I say that Steve's on and Jack Black have amazing on-screen chemistry together. <laughs> I, I love that the vagina part of the stockings that he's wearing makes like the dip in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> it sure does. And it's like he got dog ears. Jack Black's physical comedy as they go to try to kidnap her. I do this all the time too, but I don't think anybody <laughs> understands that this is a Saving Silverman reference. The the hand signals. <laughs> I'm doing the Navy SEAL signals. I only know the Air Force signals. I don't remember the first time I watched this movie. Do you? I actually think I saw this in the theater. Really? I do believe. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. I think I see something in the back of the refri- in the back of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Eating spaghetti. <laughs> Coast is clear here. He shot himself in the leg. (laughs) There's so much spaghetti in that leftover container. (laughs) I love how badass Amanda Peet's character is in this movie. It's It's such a great dynamic that, especially in 2001, we didn't see a whole lot of. Like, girls who can kick the shit out of, like, how to shape funny guys. <laughs> she, she's she's li- always kind of a tough girl, though, wasn't she? She's Linda Hamilton in The Terminator in this movie. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> I never noticed him <laughs> drooling all over himself. <laughs> Have you ever been tranquilized before? No, I haven't. Never taken like a horse tranquilizer or anything like that? No, I never did. How about you? Hypothetically? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a callback to the previous watch along. <laughs> Is this physically possible? Like, if, she, if he cattle prods her in a satin gown while she's shoving... Jack Black's head in the toilet. Can he be electrocuted in the toilet? I don't know if that's Hollywood or not. I'm not really sure. Is there that much of a transference of of uh, electricity? I don't know. I I, I never noticed before. I mean, it makes sense later on in the movie, but I never noticed before that they drove her Beamer away. Mm Mm-hmm. I always thought that they they kidnapped her in the Cowboy Wayne vehicle, but it makes sense because later on, as we'll see, they they trash the vehicle to fake her death. Favorite Jason Biggs movie, go. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) You're worried about his fake butt. I was reading the letter along with him. I never want to see your face or your fake butt or your again. Fake butt again. <laughs> I, I said favorite Jason B, Jason Biggs movie. Oh man, um, I don't know, man. Maybe probably American Pie, the first one. Yeah, I I really like the first one. It's funny how much the first one like gets crapped on nowadays for it, uh, like being. I, I don't want to say like a victim of cancel culture. But, like, the whole scene in which he broadcasts Nadia showing her naughty bits on the internet would, like, never fly in today's age. But, like, the rest of the movie is still pretty... I mean, that that moment in time was, like, American Pie almost kind of relaunched the teen sex comedy that was a genre of movie that had gone by the wayside prior to that. I mean, because, you know, in the 70s and early 80s, I mean, it was huge. You got Porky's, you got Animal House. Not a whole lot of, like, teen sex comedies going on, especially, like, raunchy ones that were rated R. And then American Pie came out, and then there were so many, I mean, 
we we just talked about how that movie spawned four sequels. We didn't even talk about all the spinoff movies that that movie shot. You of know, course, yeah. Which um, are all which are all crap, by the way. Yeah, they're all garbage. And, and surprisingly, still have Eugene Levy in it though. <laughs> Everything like, why is why is Jim's dad in American Pie movies that Jim isn't in? Well, you have to have Eugene Levy in the movie. I never, I never, like, I actually wanted to watch it specifically for Eugene Levy because I love Eugene Levy so much. But, like, after 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, this is basically like Van Wilder 2 without Ryan Reynolds. Right, which is no good. No. Every every one of the American Pie spinoffs, Beta House and whatever the hell else the other ones were, imagine those movies as being the sequel to Van Wilder that didn't have Ryan Reynolds in it. Basically. Van Wilder might be a decent watch along maybe someday in the future. Yeah, so many good parts in that movie, too. Mm-hmm. There's a part in that movie that makes me sick, like physically. Yes, and I know exactly what part that when, is. When they're eating the Danishes. Yes. Yeah, gag-worthy. The Boston Cream, the Creamfield Boston Cream. I don't want to burp into the microphone, and I can't edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi. So, so the basic theme of this movie is Jason Biggs' character grew up being in love with Amanda Detmer's character, who was a, a part of the, the family circus. And then once they you know, take the show on the road and move away, despite her being his, quote, one and only someone, he ends up falling in love with Amanda Pete's character, who is very much a polar opposite personality of Amanda Detmer's character. She's a she's a controlling, manipulative psychiatrist who uses her her beauty and her brains in order to basically make Jason Biggs's character, for lack of a better term, a, a, a control object. She definitely wears all of the pantaloons. Mm-hmm. And so Jason Biggs' best friends, played by Steve Zahn and Jack Black basically try to reintroduce Amanda Detmer's Sandy character back into his life and attempt to save him from this relationship because his character, you know, Jason Biggs is a hopeless romantic and thinks that Judith played by Amanda Pete is the one. But as we're trying to, as, as they're trying to basically hit home in this, in this movie, when you say one and only someone, it means one and only. Yeah, it really does mean one and only. Is Peach your one and only someone? Yes. I would say 100% yes. You know, if you'd asked me when I was married the first time, I would have said <laughs> yes back then, too. I'm just kidding. I love you, Peach. You think she's listening to this? No. Are you going to make her watch the movie along with this track? I'm I'm genuinely interested, before you answer that, mm-hmm. I'm genuinely interested. If you're listening to this episode right now and you watched Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny with us in the commentary track, I, I, I genuinely don't know anybody who legitimately did that. And I'm curious to know if you did. So if you did, do the watch along with us in which you actually watched along. With us. With us. Hit me up at Howie and Strong on Twitter or at Ian strong words on all social media platforms, because I really, I genuinely want to know that. I mean, I have a feeling that maybe someday in the future I'll sit down and do it. 
I'll watch the Pick of Destiny with our commentary track on it. Yeah, I've yet to do that as well. Yeah, because when I went back and listened to it, I was doing it while I was driving. That's how I normally consume my podcasts is when I'm driving. So obviously I can't watch a movie along with, you know, while I'm driving. But I'm genuinely interested to hear. I, I know that Dave Sharp and his and his son Connor were going to do it. I don't know if they ever did. Yeah, I don't know either. They told me they were going to watch along with it as well. Yeah, because I'm genuinely curious. I mean, I assume that there's enough going on in the conversation here, and they, and, and you're learning enough about this movie without having to watch it along with us. But I, I'd be interested in finding out, especially uh, like like two sides of the coin. If you've never seen the movie before and you watched it along with us, I'm curious to know whether or not our commentary track provided entertainment for you as well as information. And B, if you've seen the movie before and then watched it with our commentary track, did you enjoy? I mean, obviously, I assume I I don't want to be so like arrogant to assume that you enjoyed our watch along. But like, I mean, we're 45 minutes in. You're you're listening. (laughs) You're still listening. You're still listening now. (laughs) but you would ask about peach uh and actually i don't think she will because she i had mentioned what watch along movie we were doing and has she ever seen this movie before yeah she's not a big fan but again i don't think she likes neil diamond like there's lots of things about this movie she doesn't like I wonder if Jack Black really was a mascot in his high school because he seems like so fit for it. He would be one of the best mascots ever. So here's where we get the cameo from the director of the movie. He's playing the referee in this scene. The referee right there, that's the guy who directed this movie, Dennis Dugan. He's the guy who also directed all those Adam Sandler movies. And, and he's been in a bunch of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. I, he, he, he makes a cameo in almost every movie he directs, and I listed off about 10 that he already does. <laughs> and he's gone. And he's dead. Which, if you were going to make a cameo for yourself in a movie, that would be like the perfect opportunity for it. Because the dude straight up does look like a football referee. <laughs> he really does. I got an appeal pending, but it doesn't look good because the victim's whiny family is protesting. <laughs> I I love I love this conversation too because like he doesn't even need to hear the whole story of how they got into the situation where they kidnapped their best friend's girl and now they she knows who they are. He's just like kill her. <laughs> oh, well, but you didn't hear the whole story. Okay, is that the whole story? Yeah. Killer. Killer. <laughs> if you can dream it, you can do it. You know you know whose quote that really is? Who's? Walt Disney. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But he's he's talking about murder, not Walt Disney, Arlie Army. Right. He's talking about murder. If you can dream it, you can do it. <laughs> how, how did she get? How did she get a change of clothes? Did she get a change of clothes? I yeah, thought remember, she was in that. No, remember she was wearing that satin gown, that that little nightgown. He did bring down some stuff with the food. 
I, I thought stuff. I thought it was like porn and monster trucks, and then a movie that was both. Maybe. Who knows? You didn't kill Kevin Beckley. He died in a car wreck. She doesn't know that. like a little 22 pistol too where'd they even get that <laughs> who knows okay I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little would you rather in there okay who would you rather do amanda pete or amanda detmer pete 100 percent. okay elaborate why she looks dirtier. She looks. You're into dirty looking girls. Not necessarily. So Peach, where are you going with this? I'm, I'm asking if you think your wife has a dirty look to her. No, I don't think my wife has a dirty look to her. What I was saying though, in between yeah, the two of the two, you said, "Would you rather?" Mm-hmm. That's my choice. Yeah, I but- don't love blondes. Okay. That's uh, fair. I'm not a. I'm, a, I'm partial to a dark-haired lady myself. Dark-haired ladies. I do love um, me a blonde once in a while. Mix it up. Yes, yeah, but so, I mean, but Amanda Detmer. She's. I mean, she's pretty. She, she's a pretty girl. I, I have, not, I have nothing way, against. I, I think she's got better tits. Um, sure, but if we're looking at, uh, if we're talking overall, not to man- mention like, I don't know. I think Amanda P would just be mean to you. Mean. You just want Amanda Pete to be mean to you. No, I didn't say I she, wanted her to she, be. She just seems mean, and that's attractive to me. Right, right. Like you know, like some somebody who you think could dominate in the bedroom. Not not so much dominate, but like be assertive in the bedroom. No, just the fact that she looks mean. I apologize for putting you in the position in which you needed to sexualize your wife on my show. I didn't need to do anything. No, I I, I put you in the position in which you you could have. Because I and and like well, I could have. But I'm, I won't I'm ever not do trying that. to I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way, shape, or form. I think Peach is a lovely girl, but like I look at her in a very asexual way. Of course you do. Yeah, You're better. Son of a bitch. No, I'm just. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like I, I don't get any sense of physical attraction towards her, and that's you know strictly because she's your wife. Of course, like I, I've never even contemplated the possibility of like thinking of her in, in any manner. other in any other way. So like, like I, I kind of like for for lack of better terminology, I kind of view her as a sibling. Sure, you know, in in regards to like how I how I visualize her. So I, I guess. Uh, so what you're saying is that both in attractiveness and personality, Amanda Pete wins out over Amanda Detmer. Yeah, I think they're both attractive. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no denying that. 
But honestly, like, if I was to be honest, neither of them are really, like, super my type physically. I'm, like, not, you know, physically, like, out on the street, I wouldn't pick either of them, probably. Yeah, because they're both out of your league. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand that concept. A A guy that I work with tried to explain to me that he thinks that I'm an interesting cat because I don't quote, end quote, quote, stay in my lane. I don't think there is such a thing. I didn't know there was lanes. Like, I I can recognize that on a, on an objective level, a woman can be more physically attractive than me. It's not impossible. No. Believe no, no, it or no. not. Uh, I believe it. There, there are women out there who are better looking than me. I mean... But yeah. but does that mean that I have to like I don't know choose a mate that's close to my level of attractiveness? Uh no, I don't think you have to do that at all. I think you just look for somebody to get along with really well. Right. And have like like interests and similar personalities or just personalities that mesh well together and who really cares. Yeah, because like I've done my sex in quite a few, quite a few ladies. Uh, I, I've been privy. You put your sex in ladies. I, I've been privy enough to where I've had quite a few ladies let me do my sex on her. I gotcha. And some of them, objectively, much, much more attractive than me. And like you would think that I would be on cloud nine on a, in a scenario like that because everybody wants to bang the hot girl. You know what I mean? And I've I've banged a few hot girls. But, like, if I didn't have, like, any type of connection with them, then it, that's all it was, was banging. Like, I enjoyed the banging, but I didn't enjoy hanging out with them afterwards. I like banging and hanging. Not banging and here's your cab fare. <laughs> we were just watching that episode <laughs> of South Park. We no, you, know, you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I, much, I would much rather bang someone I can hang with afterwards and enjoy both equally. I enjoy banging and hanging, and then banging, and then hanging. You like the bang and hang? Yeah, the old, the old bang hang. That makes sense. And, and sometimes the hang is just the bang. And that's okay. That's a good hang. <laughs> sometimes you're hanging out the bang. Yeah. There, I've, I've, I've been with a, a girl or two where all of our hanging was banging. And that's okay. That's, that's perfectly okay. But... I don't necessarily enjoy relationships in which banging is the only hanging. <laughs> Here comes Cowboy Wayne. Look at her weird boots. Cowbell. <laughs> right out the window. I, I do not want to be the stuntman who did that. <laughs> All right, so here's another question. Yes. If if I was in a situation... Okay. In which I was with a Judith. Yes. Would you try to save me? 
Saving strong. Probably. What does the saving entail? Like, I mean, do I have to tranquilize her and kidnap her and make her dead? I, I don't know. How far would you go to save strong? <laughs> um, man, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. I'm putting the situation. How far would I go? To save strong. I love this. <laughs> that old man, that old Asian dude is masturbating. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Young lady, so horny, so impatient. <laughs> oh, scrotum. <laughs> Ridiculous! They just—he just throws away the goggles and the and the gun. Yeah, would, would you would you would you would you jump into a moving vehicle for the to to save me from the lady that you kidnapped to originally save me? No. You you would just give me a heart to heart talking to. I would talk to you real nice. You you would say strong. <laughs> I know it's not your real name, <laughs> but I, no. need, I need to tell you something, buddy. I think that uh, you know you do what you, you do what you want, but I, I don't know. I just I don't think this girl's right for you. I think she's a, I think she's an asshole. I I, I think she's good for a hang and bang, <laughs> or but, maybe just cut off that first part and just the bang. See, I don't know, buddy. I, I, I wouldn't. I would definitely give you a stern talking to. Stern talking to. How stern. how stern are we talking? Um, very stern. Howard you, Stern. My finger and everything. In my butt. No. Well, then it's not in everything. I didn't say in everything. And everything. Oh, you would give me the. Oh, okay. Well, if you I say mean, everything, you would get everything. That, that, <laughs> if you say everything, that's that's open to anything. And everything. Don't. <laughs> He's icing his balls. What the hell happened? Judith was giving me some therapy and helped me realize I was gay. And then, wait, what? Here's another difference between this version and the uh, the rated R version. Because when he starts explaining all the ways in which he discovered that he's gay, he they cut him off. In in which he he. He he starts saying about his, his preference for, for track lighting and his obsession with Bette Midler. And then he's like, oh, how about the fact that I like sucking... They cut off the word dick in, in his explanation in this version of the movie. Interesting. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear it here in a second. See? <laughs> they, they cut him off. But in the rated R version, you're like, oh, how about the fact that I like sucking... It's like, have you ever done that? Well, no, but you remember how I bought that book on yoga? <laughs> Shout out DDPY. <laughs> not a sponsor, but not not a sponsor, but uh, but it works. And if 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 you elongate the spine and you withhold the the, the test of time, maybe maybe you can hang and bang your own mouth. Because <laughs> because basically all you need is some flexibility and the gift from the Lord. <laughs> 
Look at all these nuns lifting weights. They're humping and pumping. Actually, they're not humping because they're nuns. This is the only pumping that they do. It's true. They're not allowed to do any other kind. Do they pump gas? Do nuns pump gas? You ever I'm seen not a, sure. You ever seen a nun pump gas? What else could a nun pump? A basketball? Uh, yeah, I mean, probably not much other than weights or a basketball or gas. <laughs> you mean sexual release? This is, this is one of the things about movies that, like, I've really taken a, a keen eye to over the years. Is, is this Mother Superior, or whatever her character's name is, she embodies, like, everything about her does not scream that she's an actor playing a nun. I believe her as a nun. Sure. No, I get that. I, I think that's something that's kind of lost with all the content that's being created nowadays, is that ancillary characters who are integral to a scene or a dialogue or the whole entire movie almost like they need to be unrecognizable people so that you can believe in their character themselves because like I mean I've seen this movie a whole bunch of times (laughs) the the breakfast I I think that like, it, it takes away from the story that you're trying to tell if you gave a role like that to somebody who's recognizable off camera. Sure, unless it was like a big motion picture film where someone's doing a cameo, a quick right. cameo. But outside of that, no. I mean, right. absolutely. Well, well there's, there's a difference between a cameo and an ancillary character. That's true. Ancillary. Ooh, this this is such a harsh burn. There is no right woman for you. If there is, you've met her already, and she's either killed herself or become a lesbian. <laughs> Stealer of, of my, my friend. friend. Have you ever been to a restaurant like this in this scene in which... There's dinner and dancing. Not at the same time like that. Like, the closest thing I can think to that is, like, the casino. Yeah, no, that could happen there for sure. But no, I mean, like, it's usually one or the other. Yeah. At least in this area. Is that is that a common thing? Like, do those places actually exist enough so that, like, they get featured a lot? In mo- like, I see this in movies all the time where, you know, you're having a meal and then you're like, hey, let's go dance. Like, if I were to get up and... and slow dance with a lady in the middle of the restaurant like they take my food away yeah they think you were done yeah you're done hanging now you're ready to bang right first part's first part's accomplished it's like finding them first you find them In in the theatrical trailer to this, in which Steve Zahn is trying to to suck himself off doing yoga, they actually put like a CGI like blue underwear on him because they thought that that scene was too risque for a PG thirteen theatrical trailer. Wow! Kudos to him for being able to even get in that position. 
Like with on your back, legs over your head to where your big toes are touching the floor. Yeah, never in a million years. Yeah. There's another part of this movie that always bothered me. Jason Biggs having a bare chest. How does that guy not have any chest hair? I mean, I know he looks and is supposed to look young, but like they're at a bar that serves alcohol. He should have some freaking chest hair at this point. And it's not like he has exactly any muscle definition in order to to like forgive shaving your chest. So you're you're you you have all types of questions about his lack of chest hair. I mean, he probably just waxes, bud. But why? He likes what, it silky smooth. What, what's what is what is he trying to accomplish? I mean, his wardrobe choices don't really leave much to show whether or not he even has any chest hair. I mean, I, I assume like I used to do that when I wrestled, but that's because I wanted a well manicured chest that I was going to show off. He's never showing it off. And if he's supposed to be like your regular guy, regular guys don't do that. Not in two thousand one. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. I, I'm I'm cr- I'm critiquing at this point. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel of things to talk about for the last 25 minutes of this movie, <laughs> and until we get to where we get to see Neil Diamond, then we got a lot to talk about. Oh, there's a ton to talk about then. I, I like how Steve Zahn was trying to be incognito in this scene, but he did he did so by wearing an eye patch. <laughs> right. I mean, if you're going to go disguises, the eye patch will really cover you up. And, and and honestly, like if there if there was one thing about this movie that really, I guess, isn't all that enjoyable, it's the love story of Darren and Sandy. I couldn't care less if those two ended up together. Yeah, I don't care. You about just that. don't want her to end up. You don't want him to end up with Judith. Yeah, because she's crazy. She's yeah. Satan. She's Satan. Kyle Gass knew it all along. His intuition about people was spot on. Who, who would have known that a magician's intuition? <laughs> <laughs> oh, another thing that I want you to notice, especially as we start getting a little bit further into this movie, and, and, and I don't want to take away from the genius of his dance moves. In, oh, in they're excellent scene. moves. But like, <laughs> on screen, I don't know if I'm the only person who have ever noticed this, but on screen, Jason Biggs is a terrible looking kisser. I never noticed that, but I don't really look for that kind of well, stuff. Well, when, when, when they go to kiss later, when he goes to kiss Sandy in about two or three minutes whenever he runs all the way to the nunnery, watch him kiss her and tell me that, like, on screen, that does not look like a normal man kissing a woman. Oh, I'll take a look, bud. <laughs> <laughs> We're just two good-looking dudes who are real good kissers. Bunch of would would you dudes. would you put would you put uh, uh, electroshock therapy on my nipples to try to get me out of a relationship? Um, where would you find that on eBay? I have no idea. It would be painful. You probably got it from the same guy that that sent him the Xeroxed set list <laughs> exactly. from the Neil Diamond show. Yeah, exactly. The Diamonds Are Forever tour. No certificate of authenticity. Just a photocopy.
So so now they're now they're reconciliating. Or reconciling, sorry, for my poor I can't edit that out now. But yeah, like like watch them kiss and be like and this is this is how he looks every time he kisses on screen. American Pie movies, Orange is the New Black. So just awkward, huh? Let's see. It's just so weird. Oh, it is weird. It's like he's trying to suck in her soul. It, it's it, like he opens his mouth way too wide and goes, and and then he he keeps his arm up in like the way of his mouth, so like you can't get a good shot of it. Yeah, that doesn't. That this, is very weird. This might be my favorite scene of the whole movie because, admittedly, it turns me on. <laughs> I, I I don't want to weird you out, buddy, but I'm about to get turned on right next to you here. I sure this, this is the scene in which Steve Zahn's character is feeding some Arby's to Amanda Pete's character and some of the uh, the sauce of the Big Montana sandwich, which do you remember the Big Montana that, that Arby's used to serve? I love the Big... You can still basically get the Big Montana. What, 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 was, what was the Big Montana? Was it, it, was it just a big beef and cheddar with bacon on it? It's... No. No, the there's Big no Montana bacon. was literally... It's just a pound of roast beef on a bun. With sauce or some kind no, of cheese. Nope, it's just a big roast beef. So it's they, a massive roast beef sandwich. So they so they added the sauce to this sandwich. Well, sure, I mean everyone who buys one, you got to put some sauce on it. Whenever I go to Arby's, I don't get additional sauces on the sandwich. I well, just no, get, I, ask, I, just get I whatever. Ask, I ask for sauce all the time. What kind of horsey sauce? Horsey sauce. Some people like the bar, the Arby's barbecue sauce. I think it's a bit sweet. Is Arby's sauce barbecue sauce, or is it just yes, a sauce? It's like a, it's like a sweet barbecue sauce. I, I loved the translation of a guy just screaming in the air, and the, the subtitle said, dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's the big Montana. See, the, the, it's it's this look that she has in her eyes right now that that turns you on to a woman like Amanda Pete. I would I would agree with that. The look of a turned on Amanda Pete, that's sexy right there. And then we get the dripping of the sauce into the cleavage, or the or the cheese or whatever the hell that is. Mm. <laughs> Buddy, mm. stop. Mm. Don't you want to just get in there and mm. oh yeah? <laughs> but then she starts licking his finger, like when she when she just put her tongue out a little bit, like just let me have a little bit of that. And now they're just swapping cheese in their mouth. See, that's what I mean. Get get in there. Get get in that cleavage and get that cheese out of there. Get them cheese tits. <laughs> Another thing that's also blatantly obvious in the rated R version of this movie is she is definitely giving him a hand job in the pants. You you can kind of see it in this version. I mean, they they very much allude to it because obviously, look, she got a hand free. She reaches in. He goes, "Oh my god." Yeah, so like she's yeah. got a hold of his of his schlong, and, and like you can see it in there. But like it's a much more elaborate 
like five seconds in which there's there's pumping going on down there. <laughs> He's reading the instruction booklet <laughs> to PlayStation's NHL Faceoff '97. <laughs> it's 2001 <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> You didn't know a lot of things about me. You didn't know I was gay. You want to tell me anything else? I got three balls. Shut up! <laughs> there he is. There's Coach. Retrial. Got a judge that's a sports fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another great line in this movie coming up here in a second when he tells him that they can't use the bathroom. Do you remember what it is? We, we uh, reference it quite a bit. I mean, I, I know I do. Hmm. Blanking out, buddy. Blanking out on this one. So so when he tells him to go go take a sh in the lawn what <laughs> Man, <laughs> been, I play croquet out there. You've been pinching loaves on the lawn, man. I play croquet out there. <laughs> <laughs> Side butt of Arlie Ermy. <laughs> Getting the mail out. What the hell were we talking about? I have no idea. Oh, the this phrase that was coming up real soon. Yeah, but before that, I feel like we were in some kind of deep conversation. Yeah, that's normal for Sa- us. Sa- saving Silverman inspires deep conversations. You were talking about getting in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, see, all the blood rushed to my penis, and, and I forgot everything else that happened before that. What happens? I didn't, I didn't even get a quarter chub. Don't, don't worry, buddy. Uh, thank goodness I'm not sitting that close. <laughs> you ate her? Alive. <laughs> Alive. I got to hand it to you, boys. That's the perfect crime. <laughs> what do you think is the perfect crime? Eating someone alive? Yeah, but I mean, probably not. Because you never really eat their bones. Right. So you can't, I mean, you can't. And and when they're alive and you're eating them, they can scream. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna Not reveal perfect. something that maybe you don't know about me and probably don't want to know. But like, I think that I have psychopathic tendencies in which I have imagined what it would take to commit the perfect murder. Like huh. like I like I think of all the scenarios in my head. Like, would this leave evidence? Could they fig- Could they trace this back to me? You know, because like obviously, like in my mind, like. It would have to be some, like, I'd have to kill someone that could not be possibly traced back to me. I would have to do it in an environment that has absolutely no chance of having any type of video recording of us interacting. Yeah, and honestly, like, I mean, I don't know. That'd be tough. It'd be tough to do. It's just, I think it'd be look, tough look to be a murderer the these days anyway. Beating the crap out of Arlie Ermey. Oh, insult to injury right there. You were just giving him a hand job two minutes ago, and then you kicked him in the nuts. Right. In the night. <laughs> is is that psychopathic? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't know if it's psychopathic. Like worries. I mean, like no, worrisome? like it's no, because I mean, I think people think about crazy stuff all the time. Well, hopefully, I'm never on trial for murder. 
because they could just listen to this and be like, oh, he's already figured out how to get away with it. Right. He's been thinking about doing it for a decade. Right now. I mean, I think it's it's kind of natural to try think about your like how to get away with like the perfect crime now. So, I mean, look at Amanda Detmer there. That's a sexy woman. Yeah, she's not. A, she 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 won't be a nun anymore, though. No, no, I'm 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 just I'm make I'm going back to making the argument of why not Amanda Detmer over Amanda Pete. I mean, Amanda Pete's always going to win, but like, if there's ever any evidence in this movie, it's the shot in which she's in her bra and panties. That is true. It is completely true. Yeah, no, like I said, Amanda Detmer's she's she's still she's still pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't. Like I said neither of them are. I like that bra, the the one that doesn't open in the back. The unopenable one. No, I mean it opens in the front. Oh, front clasp. How did you think it opened? Have you have you been with a girl that, that had a bra that didn't open in the front or I mean, in the back? Maybe it was something I'm, I'm, I've never seen before. Like <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking like a sports bra. I'm talking like a like a a sexy bra that actually does have a clasp, but it's in the front, like right in the middle of the cleavage. I, I, kn- I know about this kind, bud. I'm old. Seen them. <laughs> seen them before. I've been around. I've seen a bra or two. I've seen myself a bra or two in my old age. <laughs> I'm married, boy. I've seen a bra or two. Them brass ears. Brass ears. Do people still call them braziers? I mean, I think it's still a word. No, I mean, like, like does... Like without trying to sound like condescending or, or no, arrogant, I know what you're saying. Do you think anybody actually calls them brasiers? Um, probably. How is it 2021 and we still don't have bros yet? <laughs> right. Who knows? Because we have everything else. Yeah. I mean, we got kids wearing their girlfriends' jeans these days. Young boys. Girls wear guys' underpants because they they think they're more comfortable. It's. I'm sure it's true. Have you yeah. ever tried on a pair of ladies' panties? Not comfortable. Hypothetically? No. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was left alone in the house a lot as a kid. <laughs> Me too. How's that? What's that have to do with panties? Hypothetically? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I feel so bad for Sandy Perkins' car in this scene. It didn't do anything. Like, like, how come Jason Biggs' character didn't get in trouble for that? Right. I can't believe how far along we are into this movie already. Yeah, it's moving right along. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I thought this would be a good movie to do, because it moves right along. I mean, I think there's only maybe 10 to 15 minutes left in this whole movie. Yeah, we're actually coming... Yeah, it's definitely moving along pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Talking about everything but the movie. Yeah, but it's the movie that inspired the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Look me in the eye and say it. I want to marry Judith. <laughs> Look into both our eyes at the same time and say it. 
Favorite Jack Black role? Go. Ooh, favorite Jack. Favorite Jack Black role. Mm-hmm. That's that's a super tough question. Cause like like for me, Tropic Thunder is probably my favorite comedy of all time, but it really doesn't have anything to do with Jack Black. No, I mean he's a nice additive to that movie, mm-hmm. but it's the whole culmination <laughs> of uh the cast together that really makes that movie. Uh I don't know, man. I mean he's Yeah, he may be my fifth favorite actor in that movie. I mean I love him in High Fidelity. I know you do. Um, so that, but his role is so minor in that, really, in comparison to the, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. It's hard. Um, it's hard. Uh, yeah, because we're not talking. I mean, he's great in School of Rock. Yeah, we're not. We're not talking favorite Jack Black movie, favorite role. Because I think we talked about Jack Black movies in the Tenacious D one. That's fair. Um. That would never work, by the way. Just backing a, a, a truck up into a prison? Never. No. And and then having all of the concrete blocks just destroyed like that? <laughs> that that place was very poorly mortared. Yeah, it wasn't put together well. <laughs> Surprised there's not more skates. Is the mortar still wet? <laughs> and if so, why are there already bunk beds in the cells? Man, I don't know, because, like, I, lo- I love Nacho. That's a good one. I mean, there's lots of good roles he's been in. His his work in the Jumanji movies is great. I like him in almost anything. His Instagram is a great follow, by the way. I don't, yeah, I'm not too much on the Instagram. More on the Twitter. Uh, the Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Dead Rock and Cowboy. Dead Rock and Cowboy. Yeah, you can you can find that on the list of people that uh, that follow me or my podcast at Ian Strong Words. <laughs> Where'd you get these, JD sister? She's a stripper and a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> and like. How is it so easy that they were able to go backstage and just steal Neil Diamond? You can't just steal Neil. Almost forgot about his role in Shallow How, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. I don't know, man. Honestly, <sighs> honestly, buddy, it's probably high fidelity. Okay. I mean, as his just role, like. It's a silly role. Mm-hmm. I I might like if I had to answer the question, I might go School of Rock, j- just because it it embodies everything about Jack Black that I love. Me too, and I was like, that's actually up there. It's really close. You know, like there's a couple that are really high on the list. <laughs> Did I mention I was gay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because like he's uh, he's about to make a bunch of references to his whole or to songs in his catalog that like are just you know just references because because he just says you know love on the rocks it ain't no <laughs> I 
<laughs> come on, We're coming yeah. on, yeah. yeah. We got the diamond on board. <laughs> Where they're getting married is on America Avenue, and he's like, "We're coming to America. We're coming to, to America." America. <laughs> <laughs> he just jumps out and just starts sliding. Jesus. Uh, Neil Diamond, not the best actor. (laughs) He's not going to win an Academy Award for acting. No, he's not. The guitar is obviously dubbed here because it's not matching his hands. Little things I notice. Of course, she goes right into speed this up. Let's go. Like I do. All right, of of all the Neil Diamond songs featured in this movie, either in dialogue or in in music itself, "Hello Again," "America," "Sweet Caroline," "Love on the Rocks," Ho- uh, "Holly Holy," "Heartlight," and "Cherry Cherry." Which one's your favorite? I like "Cherry Cherry" a lot. Yeah, come on, Cherry, oh baby, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing to me, huh? You gonna do it tonight? <laughs> Oh, uh, we're so going to get slammed for the use of fake Indian accents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, it's okay. Uh, uh, if I had to answer the question, I'd say, man, th- this song, Hello Again, it- it's an amazing song. <laughs> I always loved this turn in the movie, where she picked, runs, runs towards him and then picks up the chair and smashes him with it. <laughs> he's ripping up carpet I was just doing that the other day (laughs) Uh, that that really hits home with me I've had four teeth punched out of my face Well, partially. I mean, I had to get one crowned and three veneered and slash capped off wrestling match. You knew that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's close to my heart, right next to the sh** in yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a really messy wrestling career. (laughs) Very messy. Messy wrestling. Messy wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Jack with Arlie Army. I think it was also a really good turn to have Arlie Ermey's character be gay, too. (laughs) 
See, look, look at him kissing. Yeah, it's so it's, weird. It's you're so now awkward never be able to not see that. Thanks. You're welcome. And for anybody <laughs> listening, you're welcome for that as well. Enjoy the awkwardness that is Jason Biggs on screen kisses. It's terrible looking. Like Arlie Ermy and Jack Black look more natural kissing, kissing than than Jason Biggs does. Look at him. Like he's extending his mouth out and his eyes are odd. Like you're supposed to be closed, but they're so odd. Here we go. See, he's going to say, Come on, Ayeha. Man, I can't believe we're at the credits already. Yeah, it's almost over. Does he say, Come on, Ayeha here at the end in the song? Yeah, when they, when they drop the beat. Here it comes. <laughs> Coming up, yeah. <laughs> Arlie Ermy is not the best dancer. <laughs> I imagine this with this whole sequence right here where they're performing at the Neil Diamond concert during the credits was quite a treat for everybody involved. Sure, it was probably so much fun. Mm-hmm. All right, now let me ask you this. Yes. Amanda Detmer versus Amanda Pete missing a front tooth. I'll be shallow. I'll go with Amanda Detmer. <laughs> <laughs> we finally found what'll change your mind. You Toothless. Need, you, you need some teeth. <laughs> You know, Jack was just like having the best time in the world during this part. Holly, holy. I kept wanting to say holy, holly. And holly, molly. Yeah, man. Surprisingly, this movie also doesn't have that big of a cast. Like, with the exception of the seven people that we mentioned throughout the movie, there really isn't much of another cast. I mean, there's, you know, mainly just like extras. Yeah, no, there's not a big, huge main cast at all. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's time to, to start wrapping up as we get to the credits here. Wrap it up, B. <laughs> wrap that up, B. Wrap that, wrap that gavel up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, final, final thoughts on Saving Silverman. Uh, just just a... F- Funny, fun, like, you know, easy movie to watch. Just puts you in a good mood and makes you laugh. Uh, I'm glad we glad we sat down and watched it together. It's, it's a good, like, it's a good movie that you can watch on a lazy Sunday without feeling like you wasted your day because it's only 90 minutes long. Sure. And, I mean, it's legitimately just funny the whole way through. There's not much lag in this movie at all. It's like you said, short. It's it's pretty short. Yeah. Ninety minutes is uh, actually I think ninety minutes is perfect amount of time for like a slapstick comedy yeah. kind of you know. That I think that's movie. I think that's one like I know I talked a lot a lot of the things that made the R rated version of this movie different slash better, but if there is one good thing to be taken from the theatrical version or the PG thirteen version of this movie is that it's not drawn out. Like there, there are also scenes in the R-rated slash un, or unrated or the DVD version 
that kind of, I think it extends it almost an extra 10 minutes. And I don't think this movie needs that. I think that it's, its pace was perfect for the story that they were trying to tell and the jokes they were trying to get in. And, and I'm actually kind of surprised that with the type of comedy, the slapstick dick and fart joke comedy that this was, that A, we never really saw Steve Zahn and Jack Black together in a movie ever again. And B, the writers of this movie never really had a bigger hit. Interesting. Yeah, no, um, I don't think Steve Zahn and Jack Black were ever in anything else. Not that I can think of. Mm-mm, not me either. And especially with both of them being musicians and being so damn funny, like you would think that, you know, even even a movie like Strange Wilderness, you you might have seen a scene with them together or something. Yeah. But, I mean, it wasn't very long after this movie came out that Jack Black's rocket ship took off. Yeah, it was in everything. Yeah. Doing everything. Yeah, so that that'll that'll do it for our final thoughts on Saving Silverman. If I were to add anything, like I said, it's a, it's a great movie for the time in which it was released. Again, I don't think it would be as well received if it was released today. But if you if you've never seen it before, it's worth it's worth one watch, and and you won't regret it. You know, you won't regret watching it one time, especially if it's with our commentary. <laughs> But I mean, if if you watch it one time, and and you enjoy it, you will have discovered a new movie that you may potentially love in the future. And if you don't love it, it's only ninety minutes, and I guarantee that even if you don't love it, you laughed out loud a few times. Fixed it. And if you're a fan of Neil Diamond, it's worth it just to watch just for him, for his inclusion and his music. And it's almost like I said, this this movie was almost like a love letter to Neil Diamond. Definitely, definitely felt that way. So many good songs. Well, the credits are starting to wrap up, so I guess that means we need to wrap up another watch along with Awesomely Strong. I'm glad we picked this movie. I, I know we were on the fence on which movie we wanted to do, but I'm glad that we did this one. Yeah, me too. Um, and we'll just roll right on into the next ones. Which, whichever that'll be. Hopefully we can start going back to movies soon so that we don't have to do these. I mean, we should still do these, but the main reason we're doing these is because I, I at this point... In the COVID climate that we live in, there's probably five to six movies we probably would have seen in the theater. Easily, we I see any, I see close to, uh, probably eight to twelve movies a mm-hmm. year in the theater, and, and I go with you to most of them. To most of them, yeah, yeah. So I'll sign off here by saying thanks for being here, buddy. I'm I'm glad that we were able to get together and do this. Yeah, thanks for having me as always. And uh, we'll we'll see you on the next, you know, probably within the next two or three episodes, you'll probably be on the show again because you're on so much. But it won't be another watch along. We'll do. We'll 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 wait a while before we do another one of those. All right, man. Sounds good. Cool. If you listen to this show regularly, and I hope you do, then over the past couple of months, you've heard me mention how much my quality of sleep has improved since I started using Rolling Acres CBD and CBG products before I go to bed. Rolling Acres sits on 105 gorgeous pesticide-free acres in my hometown of Carlisle, Pennsylvania where they grow their high-quality hemp to produce the best-tasting CBD and CBG that you'll find on the market by making it in a state-of-the-art lab right on the farm before it only leaves to be third-party tested for both quality and potency. I'm sure by now, you've probably heard of CBD but may still have questions. And if you're like me, you'd never even heard of CBG before I started using it. 
So if you visit rolling-acre.com, you can learn more about the farm, the benefits of using CBD and CBG like friend of the show Nate Blazer does for his gluten allergy, and shop their selection of 1,000 milligram full-spectrum CBD and CBG tinctures. And when you're ready to try it for yourself, you can use the promo code STRONGWORDS at checkout to receive $10 off your next purchase. They even have two flavors that your dogs, cats, and horses will love. So again, go to rolling-hager.com, use the promo code STRONGWORDS at checkout, and receive $10 off your next order. It's available to ship in all 48 CBD and CBG legal states, so what are you waiting for? Go to rolling-hager.com today, or find them on social media at Rolling Acre. Thanks again, as always, to Captain Awesome Dan Freet for stopping by and doing a watch-along with Awesomely Strong. You know, it was my hope that I would have a show or performance announcement for Awesomely Strong by the time I aired this episode, but... Unfortunately, that's not the case right now. You know how we be. But if you keep up with this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at How Ian Strong, I'll be posting the first chance I get to tell you about how you can see us perform live. And of course, I'll mention it here on the show as well. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, leave a rating, write a review, and or share my social media posts to help spread the strong words. It is truly the best and easiest way to support the show. And come back next week as I'll be back with your monthly bonus episode with another volume of Shot Glass Diaries here on the show. And in two weeks, I'll be back with a featured episode talking to my guest, stand-up comedian, podcaster, and host of the YouTube show Hacks Comedy Golf, John Montag. So Shot Glass Diaries next week, John Montag, that's Montag said, Montague spelled, we'll be here in two weeks. But in the meantime, as I say every episode, stay safe out there. Spend a little time every day doing something that you love. And if you got something to say, keep your word strong. How strong? Ian Strong. Strong words!